Welcome to this episode of Catchy Knowledge. Today we have another banger of a guest. Joe Henry is the executive director of Lake the Woods Tourism. This year he got Minnesota Tourism Professional of the Year Award. He's just a super nice guy too. He knows a lot about Lake of the Woods. Joe Henry also does a lot of fishing himself. Let's get right into it. Welcome, Joe. How and where did you start fishing? Well, I'll tell you what, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, um, I had an uncle, a special uncle that, uh, I had a lot of older brothers and stuff, but I had an uncle that really would take me fishing a lot. And, you know, I grew up in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we have, we have some little lakes around us, but we have the Mississippi River right in St. Cloud. And there's a dam down by St. Cloud State University, and we would go fishing below the dam because it was really good fishing. And, you know, when I started fishing, I loved fishing so much. It's all I could think about. When I look back to grade school, all of the papers I wrote, all of the pictures I drew, everything was about fishing. In fact, we have uh, what's called a Minnesota fishing opener in Minnesota. It's, it's in May, and it's when you can start fishing walleyes and pike for the season. And usually the, the night before that Minnesota fishing opener, I couldn't sleep. I was just too darn excited, you know. I would, I would actually wait. When I was younger, I'd be watching Saturday morning cartoons, and I'd be waiting for my uncle to call me, just hoping and hoping and hoping that he would call me to go fishing. And usually by about 9 o'clock in the morning, if he hadn't called, I would build up the courage to give him a call and ask him if he wanted to go fishing today. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, that's how excited I was, you know, and I still get excited about it. It's like Christmas morning, kind of. It is like Christmas morning. That's exactly how it was. Um, my family had a kind of a family fishing tournament. For, we've had it going for more than 30 years now. So on the Minnesota fishing uh, opener, we get just a couple of trophies. And we probably have, you know, I don't know, 12 or 15 family members that participate. But when I was younger in high school, I was so jacked up about fishing and winning that trophy that I would start fishing at 12.01 a.m. That's midnight. I would fish from midnight all night long in a boat, little boat. And I'd fish all the way to five o'clock in the afternoon the next day. And uh, many times I won it, but I also had a lot of hours invested. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, we don't have a fishing tournament, unfortunately. Well, but you know what? You don't, you know, that was just kind of a bonus thing, but get, get family together and such. But, you know, I think just uh, just getting out fishing. And, you know, the other thing that's kind of cool, too, is, you know, every area has different bodies of water to explore. And it's, it's kind of fun, you know, learning this stream, learning this river, learning this pond or this little lake. You know, every, everywhere has something to offer, right? Yeah. My siblings aren't as into it as I am. Aren't they? How many siblings do you have? Uh, just two. And are they older or younger? I'm the oldest. You are. And then are they, um, you know, brothers or sisters? Uh, one's a brother, one's a sister. Ah, cool. But the high school that my dad teaches at also coaches football. They have a fishing club, so it's fun. Oh, that is really neat. Yeah. They do little monthly challenges. Yeah. Are you into the fishing club? Yeah. Are you? Well, yeah. You, so the high school has a fishing club. Now, is it a high school fishing team or is it a fishing club? It's just a club. Okay. Do you have high school fishing teams in Nebraska? There's a few. Okay. I was looking at trying to start one, but... It's a lot of work. Well, and you know, you're, you're going to be going into the sixth grade, right? Yeah. So, you know, give it a couple of years because high school fishing teams across the United States have become very popular. Did you know 
that some universities now offer college scholarships yeah. for fishing? I've actually interviewed a college fishing coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I know that's, as I say, the world, the world is changing. And, you know, with fishing, it's, I'll tell you, it's interesting because I, I gave a, a presentation about aquatic invasive species recently, and I gave it to two high school fishing teams. And it was kind of cool because I always thought, man, if there had been high school fishing, like, like a team back when I was in high school, I wonder if that would have swayed me from playing some of the sports I did. But it was interesting because these guys were like, they're playing baseball. So they didn't give up their main sport. They still played baseball, but then they did a high school fishing team on the side when it didn't conflict, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So what do you mainly fish for? You know, my favorite fish are walleyes. I'm a walleye nut, and that's that's my definitely my go-to species. Uh, but I also fish a league um, where I'm from. And when I fish a league, it's every Thursday night, we go out from 6 until 9 o'clock, and it's a multi-species league. So I've learned that in the deep summer, it's easier to catch bass than it is walleyes. So I've had to learn. I've had to go to the dark side, Micah. So I've, I've learned how to catch bass. <laughs> Even though I kid around and call them a rough fish. I don't really mean that. It's just a joke. But, um, you know, there's kind of a rivalry, a little fun rivalry between walleye anglers and bass anglers. And uh, walleye anglers call bass grass carp. And uh, the bass anglers will call walleyes gravel lizards. Hmm. So we have a little fun with it, but no, I, I, I do fish, you know, uh, um, bass and pike. And of course in the winter through the ice, I fish panfish quite a bit. So I'll fish sunnies and crappies when I'm ice fishing. So how is your like fishing league you were talking about organized? Well, it's just, uh, it's only like 10 boats and every Thursday night, starting in May, going, going to September, every Thursday night, we pick a different body of water, whether it's a stretch of the river, whether it's a lake, and then we all meet. Uh, sometimes we meet for a, a Coke or a, a sandwich or something before the league starts at six o'clock, but uh, maybe at a local bar or local tavern or something. And then um, at six o'clock, we're on the water and we use our cell phones and we use a bump board, you know, a ruler with yeah. a 90 degree angle on it. And what we'll do is when we catch a fish, we have rules. So the smallest bass you can keep is 13 inches and, you know, that's 10 points. And, if you get a bonus bass, you get 10 more, so you get 20 points for a bonus bass. The bonus bass is 18 inches or over. And basically, for each species, you can accumulate points. So you have to decide, based on the lake and what time of the year it is, am I going to fish for walleye tonight? Am I going to fish bass? What's going to give me the most chance for points? And then you build points up throughout the year. And it gets to be really kind of neat because... It gets me fishing on a Thursday night, which I never would fish Thursday nights. Otherwise, I'm always working. And it also, um, it forces me to fish different lakes and parts of the river that I never would fish otherwise. You know, I got my favorite lakes I go to, and there's probably a handful. Heck, I'm going to lakes I've never been on before. And having to learn new water and, and learn and learn new water, it, it's good. It's, it's, uh, it gets me out of my element, you know. Yeah, I do a lot of bass fishing from shore. That's awesome. I yeah. I bet. Uh, well, you know, and bass. You know, one thing about bass is that they have bass throughout the whole U.S. They're they're plentiful. They can live in warm water, and they're fun to catch. You know, they're they're good sports fish. A lot of the lakes by me have trails along them. Sometimes, like riding my bike, those and like fish different areas of the lake. That's perfect. Yeah, I, I do have perfect. a I do have a kayak though, but 
Ooh. I don't have a ton of time to take that out always. What's your favorite bachelors? I like Strike King Ocho's. I think those are really good. Mm -hmm. I also like Zoom Trickworms. And mm -hmm. when it comes to hard baits, I like the KVD 1.5 Square Bill. Oh, yeah. That works pretty well. But I fish a lot of soft baits, like a Rage Bug or like a Rodent on a Texas rig. Mm -hmm. I like uh, a couple of my favorites for bass fishing would be uh, my all-time favorite is a, uh, a chatterbait. So I like oh, using yeah. a, a chatterbait with a white paddle tail on it. Uh -huh. And that's that very effective bait, somewhat weedless, catches everything. And then another one I really like is, of course, it's real simple, but it works good. I use a, a, a wacky worm. Yeah, and I put that on a, uh, you know, a VMC weedless a wacky worm jig. And I really like that presentation. It's uh, catches a lot of fish. I also do that a lot. That's what I'll actually do with my trick worm. It's just something a little different. Yeah, they don't see it all the time, right? Yeah, I like using the Gamakatsu G finesse hooks, the wide gap ones. Oh yeah, Gamakatsu is a good brand too. You know, whether it's VMC Gamakatsu, they're both good brands. I heard you got the Explore Minnesota Tourism Professional of the Year. Yes, what a what a wonderful wonderful honor that was. Very congratulations. Uh, thank you, appreciate it. Um, yeah, very very honored, very humbled to uh, get that award. You know, I uh, I've been uh, with Lake of the Woods Tourism for about ten and a half years, and uh, you know, I was I was working hard and, and try to be consistent and try to make a you know a, a good difference for our community. And very honored that the state recognized me for not only. Uh, doing a nice job for the community, but also bringing a lot of awareness and recognition to Minnesota. And I think part of that is from, oh, just, you know, I, I the, 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 the sales and marketing I do, I'm involved in a lot of committees that touch different parts of tourism. I'm on television a lot. I write articles that, that are in different magazines throughout the United States. I do all the social media. And, you know, you, you get out there in so many different ways and that impacts people. And it, it, uh, it brings awareness about, the great state of Minnesota brings awareness about fishing, certainly Lake of the Woods. So it, it works out nice. And a lot of really good uh, professionals in Minnesota. And I'm very, very honored to have that award. It was a nice, nice little uh, deal back in March of this year. Yeah, Minnesota is one of my favorite states to fish in. You have yeah. your large mouths and your small mouths, which are my two favorites. Uh, but you also have some big northerns and stuff like that. I also like to fish for those. Like I was shooting a TV show. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you saw it on my Facebook page, but I was shooting a TV show with Larry Smith Outdoors in June and actually caught a, a monster pike, which we were fishing for him. And, um, but I caught a pike that was, we didn't measure it. We got it right back in the water, but we got footage on TV of me catching it. It's, it's anywhere from 44 to 48 inch pike, which is probably around a 42 pounder. And, uh, Pretty good sized pike, and it it uh, it fought, man. It when it ran, I mean it it ran. It was, I mean it went, you know. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it was Are really you, cool. Did he say you were fishing for walleyes? I'm surprised he didn't snap you off. Yeah, no, I was actually fishing for pike, and uh, oh. we we caught all of our walleyes, and we were doing something different. And you know, it's funny because we knew there was some big big pike hanging on those walleyes, eating them probably. So I I had a leader on. So I put a leader on and we were pulling crankbaits. We were pulling uh, flicker minnows, Berkeley flicker minnows. And uh, when that fish hit, it wasn't like a violent strike, but it, it just inhaled that bait and just kind of loaded up. And But I could tell 
when I first hooked into that fish, it was a big fish I was dragging. I mean, you could just tell. And it, it fought, man. Wait, wait till you see the video. It's the Northwest Angle Show. With, if you Google uh, Larry Smith's oh, yeah. you know, Northwest Angle TV show, whatever, uh, and the, the open water one comes up and uh, big pike. That's cool to get on TV. Yeah, well, you know, it's part of what I do. It's a way that I can promote our community, you know. And, you know, when you, you talk about tourism, really, tourism is representing a destination. And what you try to do is you try to educate people and make them aware of the wonderful things in your area. So eventually they come up and visit. It is. It is fun shooting TV shows. If you would asked me when I was young fishing, I mean, I never would have thought I would have been on a TV show. And now I do them all the time. I did two TV shows this week. Gosh. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty busy. Yeah. Very, very busy. You got to keep things rolling. Like anything in life, you get out of it what you put into it, right? Whether it's your school or whether it's a, a sport or anything else, you get out of it what you put into it. And, you know, I, I've always put everything into everything I do and it. You know, the results normally show up pretty good. For TV shows, when you're shooting them, it looks kind of normal, but I feel like the process would be a lot longer. You know, there there's some things that go on behind the scenes, you know, like we, we talk about what are some things that we want to get across in the show. And, and uh, you know, we have to fish to catch the fish and we don't we don't stage anything like we don't stage. Somebody doesn't hook a fish onto our line and we reel it in. Nothing like that. Um, but. You know, at times if we if we're pulling a fish in and and it's right next to the boat, and we get it up to the boat. Instead of netting that fish right away, we might let it swim under the boat until the cameraman's ready to film it, and then reel it in. You know, things like that. But oh. um, you know, because otherwise, if 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 the cameraman's not ready and you hook a fish right below the boat, you can get that fish up and scoop it in a matter of seconds, right? If you do yeah. it right, well, that doesn't show for very good TV. So then you just might that let that fish swim a little bit longer and not net it so quick. So the the cameraman can catch up and they should say the videographer can catch up and get a shot of that fish. But, but other than that, we keep things real legitimate. We don't have anybody hooking our fish. We don't bring fish in. We have to catch the fish and yeah. we try to keep it real straight. You know, do you ever use the GoPro chest mounts at all? When I'm filming, I'm normally filming with somebody else who actually has a TV show and I'm typically yeah. their guest. They use GoPros extensively. Now they normally don't use a chest mounts just because you know, they have a cameraman with a big camera, and then they, they put GoPros on different parts of the boat. Yeah. And what's really cool is, you know, those GoPros now have that, well, they have the five minutes, you know, where it runs for five minutes and then it erases it. So then if, you, if you're filming, you can just let that thing run and record all day long. And then if something happens that you want to save, then you just hit a button and it, it saves that five-minute block. Otherwise, you know, you'd be, you'd be recording all day long and it puts so much memory on a chip. Yeah. I hear you can clamp it onto the net if you have like a grip vice. Yep. We do that a lot. So, yep, we have different mounts. You can hook it onto the net. We yeah. hook it onto the bolt windshield. In some cases, uh, they have a GoPro that they put on a long pole. And what they do is when you're reeling the fish in, they'll stick that GoPro under the water right next to the fish. So you get that underwater view of the fish coming in. Yeah. I've always wondered how they got the underwater footage. Yep. It's got a long, they got a real long pole. And they got a GoPro on the end, and the GoPro's in that waterproof case. Yeah. And they just turn the GoPro on so they know it's on. They can see it's on. And then they stick that right in the water, and they're like, okay, Joe, instead of bringing that fish in, can you just hold it next to the boat for a second? And then let it swim a little bit under the water. And they put that GoPro right up against that fish, and they kind of show it swimming. And then that'll be some footage within the TV show. But those GoPros, I got to tell you, they're uh, they're good enough now that that's TV quality footage. So you talk about using a chest mount or, or whatever kind of mount you use. that's that's TV quality footage. That's, they've really come a long way. They say a picture 
a picture is worth a thousand words, right? Yeah. And, you know, pictures that way, well, imagine what a video is. And as you know, nowadays, everybody would much rather see a video than read an article. Yeah. So anytime you can show video footage, it's it's helpful. And then we also use that video footage too, Micah, for uh, social media, for Facebook and such. Yeah. I use that, I use that video footage when I'm giving seminars at a sports show. Uh-huh. It really adds to a, a presentation. How is your job connected to fishing? Well, I represent, uh, I represent uh, Lake of the Woods, which is the walleye capital of the world. I mean, it's a huge fishing destination. You know, Lake of the Woods, I and mean, we have we have the Rainy River, we have the great big open waters of Lake of the Woods, and then we have that little tip of Minnesota that sticks up into Canada called the Northwest Angle. Uh, lake of the Woods, if it was a great lake, it'd be the sixth largest great lake. They call it the walleye capital of the world because there's so many walleyes in it. And uh, there's actually 14,552 islands on Lake of the Woods. Wow. There's over 65,000 miles of shoreline. And it's some of the best fishing you'd ever imagine. So most people come to Lake of the Woods to fish. You know, we're right up on the Canadian border. We're in Minnesota, but we're on the border. So most people come up there to fish. So consequently, by me having a good understanding of fishing, I'm a licensed charter captain. I fish tournaments. I fish all over the Midwest, you know, all over the, you know, the United States. For all those reasons, it makes me credible. So it helps me to do a better job of, of, of talking about fishing on behalf of our destination. I can write about it. I can, you know, all those things are really important. Imagine what it would be like if I was representing a fishing destination and didn't know very much about fishing. That wouldn't work. Right. So consequently, that's, that's kind of my connection with fishing is that, you know, I'm really in tourism. That's the industry I'm in. But I really kind of cross over to the fishing industry, too, just because we have such a, a strong fishing destination. I'll give you an example. We, we just had a, a fishing, a walleye tournament on Saturday at the Lake of the Woods. And it was a David A. Anderson Memorial Fishing Tournament for Warrior Boat Company. So if you had a warrior boat, you could get a partner and you could be in this tournament. There were 144 boats in this tournament. And wow. I, uh, I had a chance on Friday night at the rules meeting to say hello to everybody, to welcome them to Lake of the Woods, give them a little understanding about Lake of the Woods, and, and certainly thank them for being up there. Wow. Do you get a lot of tournaments up there? We, get, we get a few. I mean, not every weekend, no, but we get some tournaments coming up. We probably have, you know, the Minnesota Tournament Trail comes up right now. David A. Anderson Memorial Tournament for Warrior Boats is a big one. We have some resorts that will run their own little tournaments. So we get a few that way, too. We, we had uh, the MWC. We've had uh, the National Walleye Tour. We've had AIM. You know, we've had a North American Bass Championship. So we've had some different tournaments up there, but... I'd say, you know, for the bigger tournaments, Micah, every, we probably have four a year. Would you kind of describe it as the Lake Okeechobee of walleye fishing almost? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, Lake Okeechobee is a great lake for fishing. You know, we, uh, again, Lake of the Woods being the walleye capital of the world. And I say that with respect because there's other good bodies of water, right? Okeechobee and Erie and Missouri River and Mille Lacs, Leech, Winnebagosh. You know, uh, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. Upper Red Lake. I could go on and on with the good wild, but that's just a marketing tagline, you know. And But I will tell you this, that it's estimated that we probably have around 10 million walleyes in our lake. It's an incredible walleye fishery, and it's not stocked. It's all natural reproduction. Wow. In addition, it's really interesting because, you know, because we're so far north, our ice fishing is also very popular. Think about this one. We have a small county in northern Minnesota. We have about 4,000 people that live in our county. 
on a real busy winter weekend, there could be two and a half times that number of people on the ice, 10,000. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. To think that we have two and a half times the population of our entire county out on ice fishing at one given time. That's insane. We have ice roads on our lake, you know, because our ice gets real thick. So we have ice roads that are plowed and everything. And we got, uh, you know, thousands of fish houses. And yeah, it's really fun. Well, you think about ice fishing up there. It's not cold. It's not like you're sitting on a bucket like the old days. You know, this ice is thick. So we got fish houses with propane uh, furnaces. You set that uh, thermostat at 70 degrees. Heck, the first thing you do when you walk in a fish house is take your jacket off. Yeah. It's just like the fishing in a living room. Yeah. I don't have one of those yet. I still do it the old-fashioned way. Well, you got to start somewhere. Man, I can remember back in the day, I can remember waking up at the crack of dawn in my brother's cabin and walking out on a frozen lake to fish, and it was like 10 below. It was so cold that I remember my hands were just, my fingers would hurt, and it was hard to even bend them and put bait on, and your bobber would freeze into the hole in seconds, you know? I mean, it was really hard fish with no fish house, and it's way better now. Even a collapsible fish house, you know, the equipment nowadays is so much better. I just cannot tie knots while I'm ice fishing. Yeah, it's I'm hard not, for you. Like, I am not you, good at it. Your fingers are cold? Yeah. Oh, can't have a good heater? Yeah. You don't have to rough it anymore, boy. Nope, not anymore. Now you can have a little a little flip over. Even a, I have a one-man flip over. It weighs like 36 pounds. But a one-man flip over does not real expensive. You can flip that over. I got a little a little buddy heater in there, you know. All I can do is hit a button, boom, I got flame. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I can sit in that and fish in comfort all day. Maybe I'll have to look into one of those. Yeah, even getting used to one to start out with, you know, because now instead of freezing out there, you're, you're nice and warm and it allows you to fish, allows you to tie knots better. You can focus on the fish because you're not cold. You can stay out longer. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Nebraska, you can't drive out on the ice. Because the ice is too thin? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and think about th think about this too. I mean, we'll start getting fish houses out usually at the end of November or beginning of December, and then we we can have fish houses out on ice all the way through the month of March. Wow, that's a long season. Yeah. Normally, I'm back to fishing for bass then. Sure, because you have open water. Yeah. Yep. It's tough fishing though in March. Is it? Yeah. The water's really cold. Yeah, water's still cold. Uh-huh. Where's your favorite place to fish in Minnesota? Lake of the Woods. That's an easy question. Heck, yeah. I started going up to Lake of the Woods when I was young and probably uh, towards the end of high school. And, you know, once I, you know, once I went up to Lake of the Woods, fishing was so good. I'm like, gosh, if I'm going to take time off or, you know, if I'm going to go anywhere, why not drive just a little bit further and go to a, a destination where consistently I can catch fish? I have a chance of catching a monster fish. There's multi-species. A lot of fun resorts to, uh, you know, eat dinner or lunch at. I just like the atmosphere. It's pretty. The fishing was good. You can fish four seasons throughout the year. I kind of fell in love with it. Are there kind of like size of a lake that are more developed and some are less developed? One shoreline, there may not be as many houses and more just forest. Is it like that kind of with a lake that big? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of wilderness. I mean... You know, I've been out fishing before, and you have a black bear swim in front of your boat. Gosh. Yeah. Crazy. And you see deer swimming, black bears. I mean, it's, yeah, the vast majority of it is not, it doesn't have houses. It's wilderness. And 
got to remember, you know, 14,552 islands. Now, some of them have cabins or houses on them, but the majority are, are, are wilderness, you know. They're, it's really pretty, really pretty. Do you know a lot of guides, probably, because you work with tourism? Well, I know, I know a lot of guides, and I'm also a guide myself. Uh, I'm also a licensed charter captain. So, yeah, I do know a lot of guides. Yeah, absolutely. You guide for walleyes, probably? Yep, yep. We have charter boats up at Lake of the Woods, like 27 to 30-foot boats that carry six customers. And once in a while, I'll take a charter out and, and, and run six people, and usually we walleye fish. That's, when most people come to Lake of the Woods, you know, we got great musky fishing. We have sturgeon fishing. Smallmouth bass is good. Pike, of course. But most people come to catch walleyes. Do you mostly do the same things with your clients or do you different do different things depending on like for skill levels? Will you do more stuff with live bait for people who aren't as experienced, but you'll do more of like the technical stuff if you have more experience or it's just whatever your client wants to do? Yeah, I don't I don't leave it up to the client. You know, if they don't know fishing, they wouldn't know what to recommend. I leave it up to me and that's what they do. So basically what I do is I try to put them in a position that they're going to have a good chance of success. You're going to have a good chance of catching fish. And usually we have three methods. One is jigging with a minnow. Yeah. The second one is pulling a spinner, a snelled spinner with a crawler on it. Mm-hmm. And the third one is trolling crankbaits. Between those three methods, we can usually get her done. And that's, that's all we need to do. We don't need to get too fancy here. You know, we know it works. We know it's proven. It's really just a matter of finding the fish and, Figuring out which method to catch them with. Micah, somebody wants to say hi. Is that okay? Okay, sure. This is Tula. Hi, doggy. Tula. Tula came up to say hello. What breed is it? That's a uh, a Yorkie. Nice. Yeah. Do you ever take her fishing? Oh, I take her fishing once in a while, yep. I always, uh, I bring a bowl with me when I'm fishing with her so that she can have water when she's out in the boat. I don't think she kind of knows what to think of the fish yet. She kind of looks at them, and they jump around, you know, and she kind of looks at them. I'm always real careful she doesn't get hooked, you know, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, she's fun to bring with once in a while. Uh, what's your best tip for someone headed up to Lake of the Woods for their first time, and I want to do some fishing? I guess my first tip would be work with one of our resorts, because if you go open water fishing, you can jump on a charter boat very reasonably. The rods, reels, tackle, bait licensed charter captain everything is provided and they're going to put you on fish and you're going to have a very good experience and it doesn't cost you very much if you're ice fishing i'd say the same thing instead of coming up there and not knowing where to go or what to do you know what come on up and just rent a fish house from a resort the resorts move the fish houses all around the lake to keep it on the walleyes and saugers very easy very reasonable to kind of get a lay of the land by just fishing out of a resort fish house now once you've got on a charter boat or once you've got out of a resort fish house if you have your own equipment and want to bring it up, the second time will be much easier because you'll have a lay of the land, right? You kind of see how things work up there. How big is the water? You know, how do the ice roads work? And the first time is always the most difficult. Once you do it one time, it's going to be a lot easier after that. But I think the first time up, working with a, with a good resort, use their equipment and, and using one of their guides, that makes life easiest and you're going to have good success. Any resort names that you'd recommend for people who are interested in heading up that way? Well, what I would say is uh, we have 61 different lodging facilities in our county that uh, do fishing and such. So rather than saying one name and have having 60 upset with me because I didn't mention them, what I would say is <laughs> we have 
we have a website um, for Lake of the Woods Tourism that has all of our resorts plus a whole bunch of information. And that uh, that website is Lake of the Woods MN for Minnesota. Lake of the Woods MN. Com. I'll link that in the description for those of you guys who are listening and are interested. Do you have any good fishing stories? Well, yeah, one time I was ice fishing on Lake of the Woods. It was getting to be towards sunset, just the right time. And those wallies are going to just go crazy. And I saw a big mark on my Vexlar, you know, big red mark on my electronics. Yeah. And I'm jigging right in front of it and bang, the fish hit. And I set the hook and my rod broke, broke right in half. And I grabbed the line and I opened up the, the, the reel so the line could come out. And I had somebody hold the reel. And I started pulling this fish up. And it was big. So it started ripping line. And I pulled it up. And long story short, it took about a half hour to get it in. Big sturgeon. Wow. Yeah, I caught it through the ice. But how it broke my rod when I set the hook. How much do you think it weighed? Well, it was about, it was about uh, 50 inches long. And I'm guessing it weighed probably 35 pounds. Gosh, what what found test were you using? Like like ten. I had my drag set, and I really had to play it, you know. Otherwise, I would have broken my line. Yeah, your knots also important for that. Yeah, you think about it. You're only as strong as your weakest link. If you got a poor knot, you're gonna you're gonna break there. If you got a poor hook, you're gonna break there. If your line's not good, you're gonna break where you got a kink or something, right? That's also why when you catch a couple of fish, even even if they don't have teeth, like bass, when you're netting fish. And, and fish are jumping on the ground. Every once in a while, you take your fingers, you rub your fingers along the line down by your lure. And if you feel any kind of, you know, ridges or anything, it takes you a minute, but you're better off snipping that bad line off and retying. I didn't know sturgeon ate ice fishing jigs. So I was jigging with a jigging spoon, but on the jigging spoon, I had a, uh, a piece of chunk of minnow. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're really related to scent. So you figure if there's something moving around and it smells like a minnow, there's a chunk of meat on it if they can if they can catch it which ice fishing or stationary just jigging vertical jigging you know they're going to eat it and sure enough it munched it since you're on the canadian border would you recommend guests getting a passport or is that not really necessary you know for the uh, for the vast majority of our resorts you're not going to be traveling through canada to get there so you, you don't need a passport to come to lake of the woods now if you're going to go to the northwest angle which is a little tip of Minnesota that sticks into Canada. If you decide to drive to the Northwest Angle, where we have about 15 resorts, you have to drive through about 40 miles of Canada, and then you re-enter back into Minnesota. So because you're going through Canada, you do need a passport if you go that route. One way to avoid customs by going to the Angle is that you can either boat across the lake, because if you stay in the lake, you're staying in Minnesota, and you can still get up to the Angle. So you can either boat across in the summer, you can hire a charter boat service called, uh, you know, Lake of the Woods Passenger Service, or you can fly uh, in a fly-in plane called Lake Country Air. The other thing is, in the winter, you can take a bombardier service, which is also Lake of the Woods Passenger Service. A bombardier, Micah, are those big machines that have the tracks with skis on the front. Oh. They almost look like a snow bus, and they'll take, yeah. take people across the lake. And then you can also fly up there and land on ice in a plane. It's really cool. Yeah, sounds fun. It is fun. It's neat. Do you have a lot of resorts on islands or not really, not as much? Well, I tell you, we have, uh, we do have some on islands. I'm trying to think how many we have. Let me see. We have, let me count them like one, two, um, 
three, four, five, six, seven. You probably have about uh, about eight of them on islands. Do you have any advice for me as a young fisherman? Yeah, I would say I would say keep your passion of fishing alive. You know, keep 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 becoming a better angler. Keep learning new techniques. You know, you're already doing some things with the, the media. So, you know, for me, um, I always wanted to have a career in fishing, and it made sense for me to get my education and to go into business for me, so I could make a good living. And then I built my fishing career on the side. And then to my surprise, it kind of turned into a fishing career because I represent Lake of the Woods now. So I would just say that, you know, do the things that you need to do so that you can afford the opportunity of fishing, the privilege of fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go, go to school, get a good job, and then keep fishing, your passion of fishing, growing on the side, whether that means high school fishing teams it might mean tournaments it might mean getting a boat it might mean fishing leagues it could be becoming a guide but all those things on the side and then you know at some point in time if you ever really get into fishing you can decide if you want to pull the trigger and go full time but that normally comes after some experience and learning the ropes and yeah in the meantime you want a good paying job but uh that's that's the advice i'd give you is you know keep keep, keep on going after your education and keeping that rolling good but it's simultaneously keep your passion of fishing alive. Always be growing. Always be learning. I think you're going to do just fine. Thank you. My pleasure. Time for some rapid fire questions. We should be okay. quick. All right. Braid, mono, or fluorocarbon? Braid. Live bait or artificial? Uh, artificial. Leech lake or red lake? Um, red lake. Um, Vikings or twins? Vikings. Time for our last question. If you could go anywhere in the world, what would your dream catch be? My dream catch? I think it would be pretty fun to go over to the different places like on the Amazon River where they have those big peacock bass. Yeah. And they and they I'd like to be fun, I think, to go on one of those rivers way back where you, you live in a houseboat at night and then they, you take a small boat along the river. And you're casting these topwater baits, and these huge peacock bass explode on them. I think that'd be really yeah, cool. That sounds fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, thanks <laughs> for coming on, Mike. Really nice to meet you, my friend. And uh, you yeah. know, if I can ever be of service to you, uh, all you gotta do is reach out, okay? But in the meantime, uh, keep on uh, keep on cranking. You're gonna do just fine. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Catching Knowledge. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this episode. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'd like to thank Joe for coming on my show. It was really awesome to talk with him. Also, don't forget to check out Joe on social media. If you want to stay near Lake of the Woods, the walleye mecca of the world, go to lakeofthewoodsmn.com. That's lakeofthewoodsmn.com. You can go there to get a list of over 60 resorts. I'd also like to thank my friend Sean and his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Quinlivan, who connected me with Joe. That's all today. I'm Micah, and you're listening to Catchy Knowledge.